the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, your dude, Icy Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, there's this thing going on outside that's keeping us all in the house. But guess what? Things are getting better. Things are looking up. There's a vaccine. It's getting out there. The winter's coming toward an end. We're all doing great. We've all made it so far, and I have no reason to think that we won't make it all the way. This is me again, back with another exciting episode, blah, 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 blah. I... I know not what to say, man. It's just like a normal, ordinary week here at the IC Robots Earth Base. Just walking around, doing stuff, working on this, working on that, doing some yard chores, doing some... I don't know, man. Just doing whatever, dude. Just doing what you gotta do to make it through the day each and every week. I I like the way things are going, though. They're rolling out the vaccine. This is a personal note. Both my parents have got it, so I feel good about that. My uncle, who I go see movies with uh, when we used to go see movies, he's gotten it. So things are looking great. A lot of the people that I worry about, I no longer have to worry about. Of course, I worry about myself and blah, 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 but I'm safe. I'm inside here, inside my bub, inside the bubble, just doing whatever, playing with toys all the lift long day. What I got here for us right now in the opening segment is something that I've had sitting around my garage. For like a super duper duper long time, and I've I've wanted to bust into it, but I never, I never really had a reason to. I never really thought of a, a good. Man, there's so much dust all over it. But what I have here is a. I don't even know what series this is. It's a early early series of um, mini mates from Art Asylum. At any rate, what we have in this pack is Division. And Hawkeye, Marvel Mini Maze. This is back when they had a blue box without an open window. So this one has been around for quite a while. Let's pop open the uh, the switch so we can cut this tape right here. I've had this in the garage for I don't know how long. I bought it and then I just kind of, I kind of sat it around and I hung it on the wall. And then like, it started to become old. You know, it got past the point where it was new and I hadn't opened it yet. So I'm just like, I don't know, but let's get into it, dude. We got nothing to do here. Is there one more piece of tape? Nope. That's all of them. Let's shut the switch. Right there. One more opening. Shut it again. Set it right here. Let's open up the box. It's blue. It has a picture of Hawkeye and the vision on the front. My my mouth hurts right now. I was watching uh, WandaVision last night and it was like so great and I was having such a good time that I ate like a million potato chips and like, I don't know, man, just like the constant crunching of these uh these razor sharp discs of potatoes is giving me like a small little cut inside my mouth. And it's normally not really that bothersome, but when I'm doing this uh, Icy Robots business, it does kind of bother me a bit. There's more tape here on the inside. Let's cut that out. These are both really great guys here. You got two very important Avengers. Let's see. Hawkeye has one arrow and a bow. And the Vision is a variant a variant version of the Vision. How dope is that? I've never been, like, a Vision guy, to be honest with you. I don't know. He never, like, appealed to me in the way that some of the other Avengers do. But with with, uh, with WandaVision and everything, I'm really starting to, like, fall for the character. That's such a fun show. I'm having a really good time with it. And this one, this mini mate here is neat because he's translucent green. He's, like, he's like the Vision in a form of phasing. Like, he's going to, like, pass through something. Like, he's going to come out the other side of the wall. Very... Very cool. He has a yellow cape. This guy's going to be a nice addition to my Minimate collection. I got to tell you, I don't know why I didn't get into this earlier. And then the Hawkeye is your standard purple Hawkeye. I like Hawkeye. We're going to talk about Hawkeye later in the last segment of the show. So I feel like this is this is like a nice little intro. Let's get his bow out. 
Let's get the arrow out. I don't think I have Hawkeye. I might have a movie Hawkeye mini made, but this is like the classic Avengers look. And I apologize for all this, but there's so much tape in here and it's invisible tape. So I didn't see it. Move this aside here. Get him out. Let's see how well he can hold his bow. He has a bow, the traditional uh, long bow. I think that he more commonly uses a compound bow, but I don't know how you'd illustrate that in mini-made form. This is like an early one anyway, before the before the compound bow came out. He was still still out there hunting with the long bow like Green Arrow, who we're also going to talk about later in the show. Let's uh, let's see. He holds on to this pretty nice. It's some kind of some kind of exploding arrow would be my guess. I I know not. Let's go online really quick. I'm curious what uh what series of mini mates these are. Mini mates. We'll say vision. We'll see what we come up with. There's probably a million mini mates of vision. Let's see. This is series series twenty? They'd already released twenty by this point? It doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. But I might um I might not be the expert that I think I am, which I don't think. Let's see, who was in Minimate Series 20? They're uh, having a hard time here finding any Minimate. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was. Your guy knows not. Who else came in this set? You got, uh, is it on the back? Let's see. You got like a version of the Hulk, the Abomination. Then you got some X-Men dudes. What's this guy's name? Havoc. And then I'm not really sure who this one is here, some green-haired lady, but they came out with two different visions in this set, and I happen to have the one that is translucent. They also have, like, a normal, normal standard vision. Let me shut up the box. I apologize. This is some real amateur radio, some real Bush League stuff, a lot of, a lot of mushing and pushing around here. I, I'm a Minimate fan. We all know this. I, I, I dig the, uh, the articulation in a, in such a small package, and they're so... They're so inexpensive. I was over at the Walgreens the other day, and I, I saw the um the new series of Minimates for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I didn't pick them up. I, I don't know. I don't, uh... I do want the one with the new Captain America. There's gonna be, like, some kind of a new Captain America on the, uh... On the show. And I do want the Minimate for him, but I... I had to buy some mouthwash, and I bought the mouthwash, and I had to get a deodorant, and I had to get all this stuff. So I was just like, man, I don't know if I can afford another $9.99 on Minimates right now. They'll be there when I come back because the old Minimates from like two years ago are still there. I was looking for the G.I. Joes at the Walgreens. There's supposed to be some kind of G.I. Joes out there, but I, I didn't find those. I did find some Tron figures that looked pretty cool. They had like a John Wick figure that looked a lot like Keanu. I'm not a John Wick guy. I I just don't dig all the shooty, shooty action and it. it's not, not for me. I, I more enjoy... More like martial arts type action. It's just a dude walking around shooting people. Not really, not really my bag. Not really what I think society needs nowadays. But the action figure was neat. It's a lot like Keanu. Keanu's a cool guy, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock it at all. I, man, this sore in my mouth is a really, uh, take heed when you're eating potato chips. Make sure not to overindulge, dude, because besides the salt, which can cause all of us to have heart attacks, they also, they're like little shards, man. I was eating so many that I think that, like, I dried out the side of my mouth with the salt, and then it just cracked. It's horrible. Awful. Let's, uh, let's see what we got cooking here. We're gonna move ahead in the show. This is gonna be a fun episode. You guys are gonna have a great time. I realize I didn't go, like, super in-depth on these mini-mates, but I gotta be honest, there wasn't, like, a ton to say. Let me read the back. Hawkeye. With no powers to fall back on, the Avengers brash archer Clint Barton relies on Olympic-level conditioning 
dedication, and a cachet of trick arrows, Vision. The combination of Iron Lad's 31st century armor and the Vision's original programming, this new Vision is a valuable member of the Young Avengers. See, that makes sense. It's like, the Vision is a robot, dude. He has nothing but time, nothing to do. He's immortal. He doesn't sleep at night. Let's, uh... Let's move forward. We're going to take a quick visit with our guy, Gina Vega, and we're going to see what he had for lunch yesterday. What did Gino Vega have for lunch yesterday? I-S-R. It's me. It's me. It is Mr. Gino V. Calling you about yesterday's lunch. Uh, what did I have for lunch yesterday? I remembered, and now it's completely slipped my mind. Now that I called you, oh, I had chilaquiles for lunch yesterday from a local eatery that sells chilaquiles, which, for those not in the know, is a Mexican sort of brunchy type dish. It's kind of like corn chips and, like, I guess maybe salsa and, like, chopped up onions and stuff and eggs and some other stuff, and you eat it. And it's called chilaquiles. I don't know. I should, I should really know what's in it. I, 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 it's another one of these things. I think I was telling you about this, this lentil curry the other day. Uh, it's just one of those things that shows up in front of me and I eat it. And I don't really put a lot of thought into what's in it other than I like it. But I'm probably not going to be having it for a while because uh, I've had some, had some uh, lifestyle changes over here at Sensational Manor. We're moving into a new Sensational Manor. Uh, so we're trying to save some money right now. So... The lunches are going to get a lot more austere. Talk to you soon. Big shout out to Gino Vega for sending that in. Dude, Chili Killes, that's crazy. That's like one of the old wife's favorite comfort foods. Like where she works every Saturday, they have a, uh, you know, like an employee potluck where everybody like brings stuff in and they all, they all chow down. And the Chili Killes are one of like her most brought items of all the times and all the spaces. She's seriously, like, dragging those things down there, like, all the time. And I, I've i had chili killies, like, a million billion times in the course of my life. If the wife is down, if she doesn't really want to cook, if it's anything like that, she'll just, like, she'll whip up a batch of these and we'll have them, like, all the heck in time. The basic idea is, like, you get a bunch of corn tortillas and you chop them into triangles and you fry them up and then you kind of, you kind of mix them together with, like, a tomato sauce and cheese and stuff. It's good. It's it's a good, it's a good, like, homemade sort of, like, comfort food kind of deal. I don't know if I've ever, well, I do know. I don't even know why I said that. I've never, not never had them in a restaurant. I don't even know if I've ever, like, seen them on a restaurant, but to be honest, we don't, like, go out for Mexican, like, all that much. We tend to have, like, Mexican in the house and then we go out for, like, for, like, hamburguesas, for, like, sandwiches, things like that. I I know not why, but that's just kind of the way it's broken out. It was weird, weird for me to hear my guy Gino say chile killes. I, I just, like, I've never, I've never not never seen him out there in public. But big shout out to him for trying that. Big shout out to him for getting down on this true Mexican comfort food. It's, it's great. I would imagine it's kind of like, it's kind of like the equivalent of that dish that you see sometimes where, like, it's the kind of snack that you would get at, like, a Little League snack bar. Imagine, like, they'll cut open a bag of Fritos, and then they pour chili inside of it. I don't know if you've ever had that before. It's kind of kind of common around these parts at the Little League Park over at Rinkin Valley Little League or whatever. But it's sort of, it's sort of like the homemade Mexican equivalent of the Fritos and the chili all mixed together. But it's, it's really delightful. It's really, 
really great. Big shout out to my man Gino V. You can find him at Sensational Vega on the tweets. You can find him here every Wednesday on the ISR Radio Network with the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, which is like, it's really been hitting him out of the park lately. Our guy Gino's been been putting out some good shows. You can see that he's really... He's really in the zone, as they say. So I gotta, I gotta give it up to him for for taking time out of his busy day, his busy HPI schedule, his busy, busy getting moving schedule to send that into us. Good guy all around. Let's let's move forward into the show. We're gonna talk about baseball cards, which has honestly become one of like my big passions lately. I'm I'm all in it to win it. Let's go. Yes, take a look at these sports cards. A great new way to remember great moments of sports. You know that. Pictures. You know that? Special symbols tell you at a glance the contents of all the cards and let you file them as you wish. On the back, dozens of fascinating facts. The records, who broke them and when. You know that? Plus the athlete story, his achievements and setbacks. Up next, a trip into the world of sports trading cards with the rated bookie Brula. I see robots. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are back for another exciting episode of, uh, no, this isn't an episode, this is a segment, this is another exciting segment called Baseball Card Jones, which is where me, IC Robots, talks about all the exciting baseball cards I've been picking up on the online lately. I got two, I like rookie cards, I've got two guys, two cards right here of players I admire greatly, we're gonna, we're gonna take a look at both of these really quick. The first one I have here is Topps, 1981 Topps card number 213, Dave Stewart, this is the rookie card of Oakland A's ace, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart was the linchpin of the Oakland A's pitching rotation back in the back in the late 80s, early 90s. Homeboy won uh, 20 games, I think four years in a row. As I understand it, he was originally drafted by the Texas Rangers as a catcher, but they decided that since Homeboy had such a strong arm, they were going to turn him into a pitcher. Imagine that. Imagine like your whole life you've been a catcher. Your whole entire life you've been catching and then you make it up to the majors and they're like you know we don't really think that like we don't really think that you you should be catching anymore we're not really sure that that's like your area of expertise but like why don't you learn how to become a pitcher and he did he tried and at first he was not doing great it wasn't until it wasn't until he met up with the Oakland A's pitching staff and developed a fork ball that he was able to win uh those 20 games four years in a row that was that was really, like, what I think defined him as a player. When I was coming up, the A's were, like, in full effect, and Dave Stewart was the ace. He was the number one guy for the team. He wore a baseball hat with, well, obviously he wore a baseball hat, but he had his the, the brim of his hat. was, like, squeezed really tight, and he wore it really low, and he was, like, a very, very, very intimidating guy. That was his whole, his whole thing. I remember at one time, he got into a brawl with the uh, batter and it turned into this like a whole bench clearing deal and during the course of the during the course of the fracas he punched the Cleveland Indians manager like right in the face and knocked him out and then during the World Series he was repeated to have to have warned Steve Sachs that first time you get up I'm gonna hit you right in the side of your neck and then the first time Steve Sachs got up he hit him in the shoulder he missed the neck he tried he tried and you gotta give it up to him for that I have this book Baseball's Best 1,000, and it's a list of, like, the top 1,000 players of all the time and all the space. And for some reason, our guy Dave Stewart is not in this book. They're trying to say that he's not one of the best, not one of the 1K to ever play. But at any rate, that's their decision. I have no say about that. He's number 1,000 in my heart, number 1,000 in my mind. He was six foot two. He weighed 208 pounds. He threw right, batted right. 
He was from Oakland. He was actually from Oakland, California, born and bred. Presently, he is the um, the post-game analysis guy for the uh, Oakland A's broadcast. Like, after the game on NBC Sports or whatever it is, they go to this post-game show, and our guy Dave Stewart is, like, the host. He's funny. He's, like, this super intimidating guy. That was his whole thing was he was an intimidator. But he has, like, he has this really high-pitched Mike Tyson voice, which I, which I find kind of charming. In a way, let's let's hit Dave Stewart over here. He was recently inducted into the Oakland A's Hall of Fame, and he's also recently inducted into the Hall of Fame of my heart. At the at the flea market this past week, went this Sunday. It was a small one. It was nice. It was fine. Good to get some air. I bumped into my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is a vendor over there. He sells Hot Wheels. He loves Hot Wheels. Loves, 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 loves Hot Wheels. But he had um he had a Dave Stewart starting lineup on his table, and I was like, hey, Dave Stu, that's awesome, man. And he gave it to me, so that was very nice. Very cool. I was not fishing for the gift. He's like, there's not a lot of A's fans around here. This is giant territory. I've had this for a while. I don't think I'm ever going to sell it. Do you want it? You can have it. So I took it home. And then when I, I started to look closer at it, it was it was a stadium giveaway starting lineup. So it came out like in the late um, in the late 90s, long after they had stopped making starting lineups. So I think that's I think that's kind of fun. The the second rookie card I have here is a player who is a favorite, Gino Vega. I've heard him make mention of that. Our guy Gino is, of course, an Oakland Athletics fan like myself. And the card I have right here before me is 1979 Topps card number 2112, third baseman rookie, Carney Lansford. Carney Lansford was the third baseman for the A's when they were in it to win it, when they were swinging for the fences and when they were the bash bros. He, he to me had the identity of sort of the team nerd because he had these big glasses, those big, like, those big 80s-style aviators. I, I like to call them amber alerts. You know, the big, the big aviators. There's no, no other way to say it, but he, he had these nerdy glasses. He was, like, a smaller dude in comparison to the other Bash brothers. In reality, he's six foot two, 195 pounds, so he's not a small guy by any stretch, but, like, compared to the muscle-bound visage, of Jose Canseco compared to the creatine-fueled Adonis that was known as Big Mac Mark McGuire. Our guy Carney was like a small, small little nerd. Let's see. I know that our guy made the list of the top 1,000 of all the time and space. He's here at number 398. He was a third baseman, first baseman for the Angels, Red Sox, and A's. Right-handed hitting Lansford ended up with a 294 average in his rookie year before he traded to Boston, blah, 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 blah. He was sent to the A's where he hit over 300 in his first two seasons. In 1986 and 1987, he hit 19 home runs, but eventually his home run production dwindled, but his average went up to 336. I think that our guy here, with a 290 average and 2,000 hits, 200 steals is pretty borderline Hall of Fame, to be honest. If he would have had, like, one, maybe two more productive years, I think we'd be looking at Carney Lansford, potential Hall of Famer. But he's in the Hall of Fame of my heart. And that's what matters the most. Shout out to Carney Lansford. Shout out to Gino Vega, who is Carney Lansford's number one fan there's ever been. Right here in my hand, I also have something fun. What I picked up on the online the other day is a pack of 1990 Tops baseball cards, wax pack, it's sealed. We're going to open this right here on the air. I've been sitting on this. I haven't actually done the baseball card segment for a few for a few weeks, so I've kind of been wanting to open this, but now I will get my chance. Here's the gum. The gum isn't quite as crystallized. Let's snap it. We'll make a snapping sound effect. Did you hear that? That's baseball card gum snapping. One more time. Sounds a lot like the Arthur Fawn switchblade, but not. Let's... Let's get rid of that. I should try to chew it. It has a green wrapper, which is nice. So we got Dave Schmidt, nobody, some kind of offer to order cards. Jose de who de, Jose de Jesus, 
Dave Bergman, Tiger Great Dave Bergman. We have a Dick Hauser, the manager. Dandy Darwin. Here's a Roger Salkheld rookie card. I don't think he amounted to a Hall of Fame career. Greg Cattery, Tom Lapkin, Mark Gubiza. I'm hoping to get somebody fun in here so I can open like a fun card on the air. And I did not succeed this time. These are mostly, mostly whack. Let's drop this here into the uh, good old garbage can. Away you go. But I am going to keep the wrapper. I like the, I like the wax packs wrappers. I like to get them um, like a wallpaper that looked like 1990 tops wrappers. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be deaf? It absolutely would be deaf. So to Carney Lansford, to Dave Stewart, to you Icy Robots Hall of Famers out there, we are going to move forward. Hold on. Wait, I forgot. I have something else here that's baseball card related. I, I kind of got back into the game of speculating on baseball card rookies and I bought a couple here. I got these really inexpensively. I'm not, I'm not going in all hog, but I bought, no, this is not what I thought it was. This is actually something else that I ordered that I totally forgot about. It is a Mark McGuire rookie card. I picked this up for 69 cents shipped in an eBay auction. It's a, uh, 1987 Topps McGuire. It's the one with the, the famous like wood wood grain frame. I I I don't know. I I don't know if Mark's ever gonna get in the Hall of Fame because of this whole um substance abuse situation he had as far as like steroids or whatever. But uh, he's still one of the all-time Oakland A's greats, irregardless. I forgive you for your steroid abuse. Not really, but kind of a little bit. I don't know if I would induct him into the uh the Icy Robots Baseball Hall of Fame. Heck, you know what? I would. Mark McGuire, you're officially inducted into the Major League, the Icy Robots baseball card hall of fame so right here before me i have carney lansford dave stewart mark mcguire all in rookie form what a glorious day let's move forward we're going to talk about something fun it's a comic book hero fighting type stuff hey guys this is me grandmaster grandpa here to mix the vinyl up like a hamilton beach mini blender this one goes out to prince marky day list in power king Can you make your own decisions? Do you know how? Perhaps if you think about decisions, think about people you've seen making decisions. Bill sometimes decides things. Think of someone else. Think of Martha. What choices do I have? Let's see. Perhaps you can write down some of these ideas. Whenever you have to make a decision, ask yourself, how soon do I have to decide? Then what else should you ask before you make a decision? See if you can find it here. What is the final step in making a decision? Decide, then act. And in our main event, we have in this corner. That guy and in the other corner. That other guy. Hey kids, this is me and we're back. Big shout out to uh, Grandmaster Grandpa, the number one DJ from the Okinawa Prefecture, Japan. That dude, just like he contacted me and he started sending me these things and now he's on the air. You too can be super famous if you just like follow the lead of Grandmaster Grandpa. But at, at, at any rate, big shout out. Big shout out to him. A few weeks ago on the show, we did a thing where we talked about who would win in a fight between Batman and Captain America. I myself, I felt that Captain America would win just because... The things that he represents are far greater than the things that Batman represents. It's kind of, it's kind of like Batman is revenge, and Captain America is like love and loyalty and all these good things. And I'm just gonna go for the good things. But I, I got a lot of, a lot of feedback on this. A lot of you guys are out there with your own opinions. Opinions differ. It's all good, man. It's comic books. It's fun to just like argue and debate about these things. It's what, it's what makes the whole medium 
super exciting in the first place. But it's like, why not, like, why not continue this on as a sort of a segment? So I came up with this guy versus that guy, where in which we're going to talk about different people from different things fighting against each other. I... I don't have a lot of rules going in. I think that they're going to, like, switch from, from episode to episode. But we got a good one this time. We got a doozy. This is one that's been kind of batting around in my head for a while. And the battle that we're going to take a look at this time is between two of comic books' greatest archers. A guy who goes by the name of Hawkeye versus a guy who goes by the name of the Green Arrow. Before we get, like, too far into this, I have to admit that I'm, I'm like, heavily biased toward the, uh, Green Arrow. He's one of my favorite heroes of, like, all the time. And there was, like, there was, like, a period where he was my favorite hero of all the times. Back in the, back in the day of, like, the Mike Grell, uh, Longbow Hunter and all that stuff, I was, like, I was so into this dude. He was, like, my favorite. I had a display of action figures of him and everything. And I've always, I've always felt like a Hawkeye was sort of a... Sort of a knockoff of the uh, Green Arrow, but that's that's fine. I'm able to put all this out of my head and look at this with as much um, impartialness as is possible for one man to have. I've I've come to appreciate Hawkeye a lot more over the years, and I think that I think that has a lot to do with some of these tales that have come out over the past um, decade or so of Hawkeye, where where we see him being one of the last heroes surviving a uh, superhero apocalypse and Old Man Logan. We've had Old Man Hawkeye. We've seen Hawkeye in the movie played by the great Jeremy Renner. We've had we've had a lot of good Hawkeye stuff over the last while. And that's that's not to say we haven't had a lot of good Green Arrow stuff because the homeboy had his own had his own TV show on the WB for like forever. The CW. I mean I I liked it back when it was the WB. I liked it when it was the UPN and I guess I still like it when it's the the CW, but our, our boy had a show, a long-running show on the uh, CW, where where we saw him become one of the one of the linchpins of the whole CW TV network. It's it's interesting to see. I think a lot of that has to do with like people people of our age are now moving up into positions of power, and I think that we're gonna and over time we're gonna we're gonna start seeing like the Question and the Green Arrow and characters like that that were really really popular back when we were when we were at our, our comic reading peak are gonna start moving into the the limelight more. But these guys. These guys have both been uh, integral. I apologize. I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of drifting off here because my, my dog Jones is right now around my feet. Jones is like a small. He's a, a Bichon Frise with with apricot colors. The the back door slammed. It's windy outside. That I have the the outside the screen door open in the back, and it you know the wind caused the door to slam. And now now she's all scared, and I can feel her rubbing and like shaking a little bit against my legs. It's okay, Jones. Don't worry. We're just talking about superheroes. We're having a good old time. It's all good in the hood. What door was that? That one that one came from the other side of the house. That's that's wild. It's crazy windy outside. Wind is fun. Weather's fun. I mean, there's probably differing opinions depending on like what kind of weather's going on. But now now both the dogs are, are in here. Let's let's just kinda like try to analyze this. Like we're like we're analyzing like a fight, like an MMA fight, like a UFC fight. So you got two guys. You got Hawkeye, you got Green Arrow. Hand to hand, like hand to hand combat style. This is this is what I see. Uh, on on the CW TV show, the Green Arrow is like a master of martial arts. He's like he's like trained by the League of Assassins. He's basically like Batman in a, in in a lot of ways. But in the comics, as far as I know, 
The Green Arrow uses boxing as his fighting style. Him and the, and the Green Lantern used to spend a lot of time at the fights, at the boxing matches, and he's adopted that style. I, I recall reading one time Batman offered him some training. Like, he's like, why don't you come down to the Batcave with me, Oliver, and we'll... We'll roll around a little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll work out some moves with you. And he's like, I don't need any moves, Batman, because you know how Ollie Quinn and he's very, he's very obstinate. He doesn't want to, doesn't want to take any advice from a square like Batman. But then Batman makes note that all Oliver has going for him is like a fake left, big right hand. And I, that seems like in line with what I see him do in the comics. He kind of shoots arrows and he punches guys in the face. But one time in an issue, which I think was written by Judd Wynick, I'm not, I'm not sure. It was, it was many years back. He defeats Solomon Grundy in like a hand-to-hand situation. He takes a beating, but in the end, he gets up on Grundy and he sticks the arrows in his eyes, thus disabling his brain zombie style. Eventually, you know, Grundy will, will grow it back. But the the idea that this guy could like hand-to-hand beat Solomon Grundy really does say a lot for his tenacity. And it really does say a lot for his, his hand-to-hand skills. And then on the other side, you have Hawkeye. Hawkeye's like a master of martial arts. He he trained with Captain America, which is, that's as good as it gets in Marvel or DC. If you're hand-to-hand trained by Captain America, you're going to be, you're going to be a great, great, great fighter. Hawkeye, of course, also has that Oliver Queen obstinance to him. So he does, he does sort of kind of turn his back on Captain America at times. And I'm sure he doesn't like fully absorb all the lessons that Cap's trying to teach him. He wants to do things his own ways. But I think that, I think that if you took him hand to hand and you had them both just like slugging it out, just like in the octagon, in the ring, on the street or whatever, no weapons, nothing like that. This is going to be a tough tough pick em fight. Both guys, over time, have had different scenarios, like various Elseworlds or other dimensions or whatever, where these guys are amongst the last survivors of all of mankind. So that goes to show what you're what you're dealing with here. It's Hawkeye and Wolverine and Old Man Logan. It's Batman and Green Arrow in The Dark Knight Returns. I, I have a hard time picking this fight if they're going hand-to-hand, but I do think in the end, I would pick the Green Arrow. This is just if they're fighting, if they're just boxing each other, or they're just doing whatever. I just think the Green Arrow has, like, he has the extra something that's going to pull him out. He has a never-say-die attitude, a never-quit attitude. While I have seen our guy Hawkeye quit on occasions get frustrated on occasions, run off on occasions. I do think that this one would go Oliver Queen, but I think that if they fought a few different times, it probably could go either way. Like, I would see Oliver pulling it out maybe seven out of ten times in the ring. I think as, um, I think as far as, like, being archers, and this isn't just, like, the minimal amount of research that I did for doing this, in which I looked at the Who's Who entry on Oliver Queen, and I looked at the, uh, Marvel Handbook on Hawkeye, what I discovered is that Hawkeye uses a compound bow, and that the Green Arrow uses, like, a long bow, so I'm gonna have to, like, I'm gonna have to lean toward the dude who does more with less in this regard, and say that I think that Oliver Queen might be the better of the two as far as being an archer. If you, if you examine a little bit into the, into the backgrounds, you know that Oliver Queen learned how to, uh, he taught himself how to shoot a bow when he was trapped on an island, and he had to he had to hunt animals for survival. And Hawkeye, he had to learn how to be an archer for his survival as well. But in, in another sense, our guy uh, Clint Barton came up. He came up in the um in the carnival circuit, if I if I remember correctly. And one of the other carnies taught him the art of uh 
art of archery so that he could make a living on the trick shot circuit, but eventually he uh, flipped the script and became a superhero. I, I tend to go with the dude in this regard, and I said it a minute ago, the guy who can do the same amount of things with less, because when you see him shoot... It does seem that Oliver Queen and Clint are both, like, they're both very similar on their skill level. But then you look at it, and Queen is doing doing the shots with just, you know, straight-up longbow, very little mechanical assistance, just his arm, the bow, and the string. Whereas um, Hawkeye has, like, a series of levers and pulleys and stuff that enable him to, to do the amazing stuff. So... I'm going Oliver Queen in this one. We got Oliver Queen in the fist fighting, and we got Oliver Queen in the archery. So it's, it seems kind of like an open and shut case, as far as as far as I'm concerned. That Oliver's probably gonna take the whole fight. I I don't see this being an easy one. I see it coming down to hand to hand. If you if you ever watch like UFC, you'll frequently see that sometimes they'll match up guys with like similar skill sets. Like for example, two dudes who wrestled in college, and then when they when they get into the octagon, instead of wrestling with each other, they'll instead kickbox because they don't really, they don't want to go strength on strength with someone else. And I think that, I think that in in this fight, they might just skip the archery altogether and just start like fighting with each other. Maybe even using their bows as like hand-to-hand combat weapons. This is something that like both the guys do frequently. You could see a situation where one of the two shoots an arrow at the other one, like the, let's say... Oliver Queen gets a jump on Hawkeye, and he shoots an arrow at Hawkeye, and then Hawkeye shoots it out of the air, then maybe then Hawkeye responds with one, and Green Arrow shoots it out of the air, and then they, then they start mixing it up hand-to-hand style. One thing that, one thing I didn't take into consideration earlier when I was doing this, because I, I just read the, uh, the handbook guide, Hawkeye is a much, much bigger dude than, than Oliver Queen. He has probably 40 pounds on him, but... As we had earlier mentioned, Oliver Queen doesn't really seem to have a hard time going against going up against bigger foes because he put the he put the beat down on Solomon Grundy, who's almost like who's almost like a Ben Grimm level superpower guy. So I don't think that the forty pound weight advantage is going to weigh into this super heavily, but it could. It could if it wound up on the ground. It could if they wound up like grappling a bit or maybe like pushed up against something and and infighting a bit, but. Overall, I do have to think I'm going to go Oliver Queen in this one. I think the intrepid spirit of Oliver Queen is going to defeat the uh, the obstinate kind of attitude of, of Hawkeye, but it's not going to go easy. Both dudes are going home beat up, and I think that I think that if it happened ten times, it would go seven Green Arrow, three Hawkeye, so it's not impossible for Hawkeye to win each and every time they go out, but that's just my two cents, dude. That's just what I think. I don't know. I don't write comics. I'm not a comic book expert. I've read a lot of comics, but I wouldn't call myself a comic book expert by any means. This is this is just some observations based off based off different things I've read, different things I've thought. If you if you feel differently, hit me up. Hit me up at Icy Robots on the tweets, Icy Robots on Facebook, backslash Icy Robots on Facebook. Icy Robots on Instagram. Just uh, type in Icy Robots and eventually it'll uh, lead you towards something connected to me, hopefully. This is the Stuck at Home show where we dress, sing, and act like Shabba Ranks. This is me, Icy Robot, sitting here in the ISR Earth base, wearing eight gold rings like I'm Shaba Ranks, four gold chains like I'm Shaba Shaba Ranks. Stoppa, let's uh, let's see what's going on, man. We're getting we're getting ready to go out of here. Let's. Oh, I got I got one more thing that's like a little bit interesting. I I don't know if you guys recall, but like many moons ago, I I, I mentioned how I've never seen a turtle, like an actual factual turtle, like in 
in real life. Like, I've seen him at the zoo, but I've never, like, seen him, like, in my neighborhood, in the creek, or whatever. I've seen, like, plenty of wacky wildlife. Don't get me wrong. I've seen a fox. I've seen a turkey. I've seen a mountain lion out when I was walking the earth. I've seen deers. I've seen, like, I've seen all kinds of things. I saw a bald eagle once, dude. I saw it at the park when I was on a hike. I saw a bald eagle up in a tree. It was bananas. They're never in California. I saw a condor. Once, I saw an otter in the creek. That was crazy. I've seen them actually twice. I've seen sea otters twice in the creek near my house. But I've never, I've never not never seen a turtle. And then one day I was out taking a walk. It was rainy out. And I, I saw a small plastic turtle sitting on a fence post. And because, because it was wet and because the fence post was wet, the turtle, the turtle almost looked real. And I looked down and I said, I'm going to take a picture of that. About, and then, and then post like about how I finally seen a turtle. And I did. And then you guys, like, you saw it on the Facebook group, and, like, I think my man Stuntman Mike sent me a picture of a turtle, and then my dude Engineer Nerd sent me a picture of a turtle that he had seen, like, rubbing in the fact that, like, they've seen turtles and I I never have. But I, I had fun with that, and I, you know, I was walking around the neighborhood again, like, another day, and I saw another turtle, like a little plastic turtle sitting somewhere, like, the exact, exact same kind as the first one, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. But I didn't, you know, I didn't take a picture of it this time. I've already, already done that joke. But then I was out, I was out with the wife. And we were, like, walking around the block again. Like, taking a, a different route around the, around the neighborhood. And I saw another small plastic turtle sitting there. And I'm like, that's weird, man. That's, like, three of these I've seen sitting around. Some kid must really like playing with these turtles. And I was, like, at home on the couch. And I, I mentioned to my wife, and just like, what do you think's up with all, all, all these turtles? And she's like, honestly, nothing, really. Like, uh, some kid's probably playing with... Playing with turtles or whatever. I don't think there's any, like, underlying conspiracy, turtle conspiracy or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's a turtle conspiracy, but I just wonder why people are sitting them all over. And that was that. But uh, we uh, were walking around again the other day, and I saw another turtle in a different spot. And I said, this is weird, man. So I, I reached down, and I picked it up. And I have it here with me right now. I reached down, I picked it up, and I looked at it. And underneath the turtle, like on the bottom of the, the plastic turtle, it says hashtag T. H-S. And I went online and I looked it up and I found a bunch of different things that were hashtag THS, but nothing to do with like turtles, nothing to do with Santa Rosa, nothing to do with anything like that. And I, I tweeted out a picture of the turtle that I saw with the hashtag, hoping that like who's ever behind this would, um, you know, respond in some way. But I haven't, I haven't heard anything back yet. So I'm thinking like, what is this about, dude? What do you guys think this hashtag turtle is about? Do you think the T stands for turtle? Probably in this, but what does the the HS stand for in the hashtag? High school? I don't know. I don't really have any kind of a clue on, on what this is. And this may be like this may be like a mystery that's never solved, but I've actually seen like two different turtles since I've um, posted that hashtag around the neighborhood. So the person's like still out there placing turtles, but they're not actually factually like responding to the hashtag. I put it on the tweets. And I put it on the Instagram because I don't, I don't know, like, what they're using or whatever. I was hoping to, like, have heard something back so I could mention, like, how, how this funny little thing happened to me. But I I don't know. I've seen a turtle now, I guess, in some ways. But uh, that's interesting to me. It's interesting when something something different happens like that. It's like a it's like a mystery. It's like the Dharma Initiative on Lost. The turtles are all, like, the same turtle. It's like a black little small plastic turtle. It's maybe like an inch, inch and a half, two inches in that range. And it has like a black shell with yellow markings on it. It's made in China. Very generic. They're all the same. They're they're not like super dinosaur turtles. They're like a decent turtle. It looks like a turtle. It's not like a two cent turtle. It's a 
quality turtle. I did see one also that was orange with the hashtag. When I saw the orange one, I took it and I moved it. I moved it like a few feet away. I moved it from the ground like up onto a chair in hopes that maybe like whoever is doing the turtle hashtag would see like the turtles moved. Somebody's onto me and maybe go look at the, uh, go look at it and see what what's up. Or maybe they say saw. Maybe these are directed at somebody in particular. I've thought of that as well. Maybe this is like, maybe this is some kind of like silly romantic gesture that like a, like a high school guy is doing or something. And like, maybe like, I'm trying to get the turtle. I dropped it on the, on the floor. I, I thought that maybe like the, the THS is like some girl's initials that he likes and he's hoping that she'll see these because like, maybe she said she likes turtles or maybe she said she's never seen a turtle. I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out. Maybe someday we'll find out. Maybe we won't, but, uh, hopefully we will. That's like, that's like life. You hope for the best, but you also have to prepare yourself that maybe, maybe you'll never find out. I I think I'm going to get up out of here. That turtle talk was exhausting. Killed me. I was bent over trying to get this guy off the floor, but, um, I think I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, not a whole lot to mention aside from that. You got to find the mysteries in life where you, where, where you, where you can, um, so... I will see you guys next week. I'll see you again. We'll, we'll all be together. Someday we'll all be outside arm in arm, walking into the sun, enjoying life at its fullest like we used to, like we used to, and didn't even think about how enjoyable it was. Hopefully we'll get back to that, and then when we do, we'll all appreciate it. But until that day comes, do the time. E-L-E. Don't let the time do you. That's right. E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. You gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Everybody love everything. Right there on the wall. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. See what is on my phone right now. It is something fun. Need it? Nope. It is not anything like that. <laughs> <laughs>